0: Welcome to Chasing Creativity with Kiran Vandral. Today, my guest is Siddharth Jain. Siddharth has been uh, working in the Indian entertainment industry for over 20 plus years. And he's founded the Story Inc, which is India's largest book to screen adaptation company. Siddharth, so good to have you. And uh, I've always been wondering, Siddharth, how did you come up with the idea of the books to film adaptation? How did Story Inc start?
1: Uh, Well, it started as a necessity because when I left Hotstar in 2017, I decided that I'm going to get back to producing. And then I thought, okay, to produce something, I need a story.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And when I started looking for stories, I reached out to the top leading agencies of Bollywood and asked them, do you have any scripts or books? So they just just emailed me a bunch of catalogs of the usual two, three publishers and they said, pick what you want. I said, I can't. I mean, it's a lot of effort to pick from hundreds of uh, books from a catalog. And I figured that that's a problem because someone needs to do that. Someone needs to help the producer find the right story. And then it just started like that. And then I decided I need to solve this problem for the industry.
0: So from there to today, just give me a sense of how many books to screen Story Inc. has managed to uh, convert and... uh, What are the ones that you're particularly proud about?
1: Okay. So, uh, started in 2018. Just finished five years. In the last five years, I think... Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, We finished about... uh, In fact, today is the fifth year. First April. Oh, fabulous.
0: All fools day.
1: Absolutely. So, I actually started with the Facebook update on this. The people that I was fooling, but whatever. So, (laughs) uh, in the last five years... We've uh, sold more than uh, 200 options uh, of books to production houses, to about 50 plus production houses. I think because of COVID, almost 75% of the options expired, you know, because they were usually for 12 to 18 months. 25% of the options have been either exercised or extended. So I think this year about uh, 10 Will 10 books will kind of you know move towards maybe pre production where the scripts are getting ready? And I expect every year to be about I think 10 12 is a good average every year for books to convert out of say 40 50 options in a year.
0: 10 12 books out of 40 50 options, okay. So that's not a bad hit rate actually, Siddharth.
1: Yeah, given that films have been struggling.
0: Films have been struggling, books have been struggling. We've all been struggling. It's been quite a phase, I think.
1: Yeah, but because of the cinemas being shut for s- such a long time, the whole film industry had to take a big setback and they're still struggling to get back. So that one side of the industry is still not fully operational. Hence, I think the it'll take some time for it to come back to novels.
0: Also, uh, siddharth when you pick up a book to represent because books are a very solitary act of creation whereas you know transferring it onto screen onto the visual medium is something that is needs not only funds it leads a whole lot of collaboration a whole lot of entire the setup the teamwork the uh, logistics the entire scale of it is completely different from what a writer would think when they sit down to write what do you feel are the kind of books that get translated onto screen easily
1: See, I don't think there's an easy formula, you know, solution to taking a book to screen. So, we should not, so the first thing we should do is we should, like, you know, always treat a book as a story. right? A source of story. Like a writer can sit at home and write a story or read a newspaper incident or take somebody's life, be inspired by it and, and you write a story. So, for us, a book is a long story, okay, which has been written in a, in a form of prose and every long story or story needs to go through a similar process of converting that into a story that fits a certain format, either it's an episodic series or a movie. The first exercise always is to convert any story, whether it's a book or not, into a story for a film with a film structure or a story series with that structure. And once that, then it gets into the the action and dialogue. Uh, stage. And then the action and dialogue comes and then the challenge is the same. And there is no easy fix because every story faces the same hurdles of is it entertaining enough for the audience? Is it engaging enough for the audience? Is it compelling? Does it have books? Will it attract the right filmmaker, the right actor, the right talent? So, uh, you know, unlike a book where an author can write, get an editor and go to a publisher and for a few lakhs, it can be out in the market. For a screen content, not only does it need several crores, it also needs a very different kind of a pool of talent that has to come together with a vision for the project. So it is not a story anymore. It becomes a project. And the process of converting a story into a project is what, you know, uh, the film and TV business is all about.
0: That's true. That's true. It's a very collaborative effort. It's a teamwork work. And when you, as a person who's, you know, scouring through hundreds of books, I I know your office is like a wonderland of books and memorabilia. <laughs> and I, I can't even imagine the amount of reading you must be needing to do. What is it that you look for when you like, you know, you pick up a book and you think maybe this could work for screen? Is there something specific that you look for in, I don't know, characterizations, plot?
1: so there are actually a bunch of parameters right not one so we need to look at several parameters before we shortlist something and i have a team that does that so we got a pretty efficient team okay we also have staff writers we have about more than 12 writers full time work with us what so what we do the process that we follow is like first we look at the genre mm-hmm. is the genre that is you know audience friendly
2: okay uh,
1: because you know if it's say a very slow drama uh-huh. then it's difficult to find an audience for that in India. So, we also look at, keep looking at and studying the audience behavior, audience preference. So, that's one. Okay. Then we look at, does the idea have a high concept, you know, setup or something that breaks the clutter? Mm-hmm. We call it a high concept story. Something that breaks the clutter, something that gets you instant attention, from the audience, mm-hmm. so we all so we started thinking: What will the marketing peg be?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What will the film poster be like? What will the film trailer be like? Does it have enough to attract an audience and get their attention? So the high concept idea. Then obviously we look at the the plot, uh, you know, characters. So if it's a movie, then the f- then fewer characters are okay. Like it can be a single protagonist story. If it's a series. Then, usually, we need more than a single protagonist because you want to follow multiple tracks, multiple plots, dive deeper into the world and the characters. So, two very different kinds of stories are required for film and the episodic format. So, dividing that. And last of all, I think it comes from experience and instinct. Because, uh, like, I've spent 20 years in the film business. So, our lens at Story Inc is like a producer's lens. Hence, you are able to, I think, spot more stories for screen uh, than literary agents or publishers because they kind of come from a different industry. So I think that lens is very important. And we also think, will this story attract the right filmmaker? Who is the director for this film? Who would be the right screenplay writer for this? Which actor can we cast in the least? Once we have answers or indicative answers to all of these, then we shortlist. It's a complicated process.
0: It sounds very complicated, but I'm sure for you now it's, you know, buying hatka khale, dying ka, khel, ka khel, as they say. <laughs> you spoke about high concept idea. Can you give me some examples of any books in the recent past which you have represented which sort of embody this high concept idea that you're talking about so the listeners get an idea of the kind of books you are looking at?
1: Uh if you look at uh, any genre, right? If you look at Something like a mystery. Okay. Now, how do you okay. make the mystery different? So, like for example, your book. Let's talk about Kitty Party Murder. Uh, uh-huh. The reason I liked it and the reason we've kind of taken it forward is because it's not got the usual mystery, right? Where there's one detective, mm-hmm. there's one murder, mm-hmm. and you know with the people chase. It's a it's a different setup. It's set in a housing society. It's got you know women who are housewives or uh, you know leading their regular lives, they're not professional, and then they have to kind of go and solve a mystery. Mm. So that suddenly makes something high concept.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, That's an
1: example. Or if you take something which is high fantasy, like let's say Game of Thrones, that's a very high concept idea. Right okay, It's very different from the usual uh, thrillers that we see. Or something usually like somebody's life is a high concept idea. Right mm-hmm.
0: So like a memoir of somebody, maybe an athlete or somebody, say Mr. Duluth, Something, would that be high concept idea for you?
1: No. So, for example, Dhoni. Because Dhoni is, is known by, like, everybody okay. knows Dhoni. Then his life is more high concept. Because it breaks the clutter from other sports.
0: Okay. From high concept ideas, Siddharth, uh, that gets me thinking. Among the recent, I mean, there have been so many book to screen interpretations. In fact, Vivan was here yesterday, Vivansha. And mm. we were talking about book to screen. And, you know, because he's written a book recently... Yeah. As to how possessive we authors get about <laughs> our books being made into, you know, screenplay and, you know, and even the best of them have not liked uh, what has turned out on screen. We know a very famous example, of course, is Stephen King hates version of The Shining. So, among the book-to-screen interpretations that you've seen, which are the ones that stand out for you and which are the ones that you think really didn't uh, get the gist of the book or, the, you know, the spirit of the book in totality. And this could be across, I mean, not just India, from around the world.
1: Yeah. So I think if you look at, you know, I mean, everybody's favorites, right? I think if you look at Game of Thrones, except the last season, it was a terrific adaptation right, mm-hmm. of the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Potter also, the first few films are my favorite because I think they really hit the note in terms of what the audience was imagining.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's really, I think, there are few... Examples In India, I thought 3 days was a great adaptation Okay. because it, it really moved the needle from where the book was. And I feel that's what filmmaking is about. We need to understand that filmmaking is not, not writing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Filmmaking mm-hmm. Is, is a collaboration of photography, acting, production design, imagining the worlds, building the sets, shooting, uh you know, the right way, building scale, giving imagination, bringing that to life. So filmmaking... You know, it's very important. And I think sometimes what happens is that a good book goes to a filmmaker who's not the most experienced filmmaker or is not the right filmmaker for that. Mm -hmm. So I think the challenges in the book to screen is because the talent pool for, say, in the film and TV world is limited. Mm -hmm. There are only those many good directors and those many good actors and those many good screen directors. That's true. So it is also we have to be like reasonable in our expectations of what we expect from an adaptation. And in which country, which industry, Hollywood also makes bad films.
0: (laughs) They they do. They do. And uh, that's always a big risk, I think. And something really struck me to get the right director for the right book. Yeah. How does one get that? I mean, it's such a gamble because uh, the director may be fantastic at their work, but do they align with what the book is all about? That's something that must be challenging for you as well when you're pitching a project or when you're seeing a project through. Yeah. So how do you sort of get that f- match? So see,
1: that is the biggest challenge, right? And that challenge will always be there because it's such a unique skill and craft of filmmaking that there are only those many directors in a business. And there are only those many directors that have a track record which is good and which the studios will back. And even the good mm-hmm. filmmakers sometimes make you know terrible products. So filmmaking is a lot of, it's so much of unpredictable, chaotic, collaboration it's not like let's set up a factory for steel glasses you know how much steel is required you know what is the machine you know if you put steel like this it'll get flattened into sheets and then sheets will be coiled and then it comes out as a glass so Mm -hmm. uh, filmmaking itself is not a process that is standardized there's no standard product so it is different each time i mean as producers as filmmakers each project when you start is like starting a brand new startup from scratch with no Mm -hmm. idea what the output will be. And that is why very few people actually like end up in this business, you know, as a full-time career. So it is how it is, it is the nature of business. If somebody wants predictability, then this is not the industry for them. So we thrive in chaos. You know, all of us, me, you know, we've spent twenty years in this business because we love the process which is unpredictable, chaotic, and don't know what's gonna happen, the outcome. Every Friday produces a like super stress. Will the audience like what they have made? Because the audience has no idea. There is no research that can you know, guide us in this process. So it is how it is. And we have to accept it and then dive into it.
0: You live from Friday to Friday, I think, in the film industry. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And yet you have to pay bills every month.
0: Imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine right. the chaos in our heads. The harsh truth of life. You have to pay bills even if you live Friday to Friday.
1: It's such a large population, I don't think there are more than one lakh people who actually make a living you know, from this industry. And across really? departments, and you know, yeah, it's not a very, it's a very difficult pro- uh, profession. I think it's probably the most difficult profession. So, like publishers still have it easy.
0: <laughs> That's a little heartening to hear. As an author, that publishers still have it easy. <laughs> well, hopefully, someday uh, we shall all make a living and a good living out of our. Creativity, books, films, whatever it is. Uh, so that's when you decide to take on a project to make a movie as a producer. You've done uh, *Ragini MMS* and uh, *Marigold*. I think also you co-produced, if I'm right. Yes, *Old American*. So, what is it that uh, hooks you about the project? When do you decide that I'm going to take this on as my baby?
1: So, I'll talk about my latest project, *12 right? by 5*. Okay. For me, okay. Uh, you know, uh, as a producer. There are different reasons why we produce. A, we produce for a living, right? So sometimes we don't have the best choices and the best mix of story and creator in place, but because you have to run an organization and run a business, we have to produce, right? Just as publishers have to publish some books every month, every week to run the organization. So the challenge of like running a business means you have to constantly produce projects. Sometimes, and the nature of the business is that not everything that you develop as a project will get made. And you'll be surprised there are hundreds of projects that get made but never get released. The nature of the business is so unpredictable that we have to always, our quest always is that, what is a project that can get financed, number one? Because if a project gets funded, everybody will make some money. If the project, after getting funded, gets completed and released, then people make some more money. So, it is in stages. So, our quest always is to, will this story make it to screen? Will this story convert into a project? So, with Trial by Fire, for example, I knew that the story is very powerful. But it's also a very emotional drama. It's a difficult drama because it talks about a tragedy and loss and grief. And it's not the most commercial story to tell. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, but I still felt that this was a story that needed to be told. And so with that lens, I picked a filmmaker who's not the usual Bollywood filmmaker. He lives in Spain. His lens is very international. And then I went to a platform like Netflix where the pressure of a film on a Friday box office is not there. Mm-hmm. When you go to streaming, mm-hmm. you kind of can escape that that pressure. And I thought Episodic was the right format for a story like that for us to really understand the the depth of the of the situation and the characters and the world. So it's different parameters but ultimately the goal is one, right, is to get financing, mm-hmm. attract the right talent in terms of actors and and then take it to a release. Mm-hmm. If we can fulfill all of those things, then the project becomes, you know, you know, producing worthy for a producer. So when you
0: decided to take it, you obviously had the option of doing something that would be out-and-out commercials and, you know, happy what something. But this was it disturbing watch? Was there a reason why you picked up this story? I mean, is it's not an easy watch at all. So how, how did you decide that this is what I want to make?
1: With Trial by Fire, you know, uh, when I met the parents, that's when I kind of decided that, you know, the story of their uh, fight for justice is very important. While their, their loss is real, the story really focuses on their journey of how even after 25 years they haven't found the justice that they deserved. And their story is a very, very brave story. And I thought this story, I can't, you know, was also the option that I had was to make it into a commercial film or even sell the rights to somebody else. But, you know, when I tried to sell the rights to somebody else, I was also, uh, you know, feeling that, you know, I need to be more responsible with this content. I can't just give it to any producer and then let him do what he wants to do. And the parents also were not easy in terms of, they didn't want to trust us anybody. So after meeting me, they told me that, you know, they would only part with the rights if I would, you know, take the lead as a producer of this. So I kind of thought, you know, maybe it's something which I need to do for different reasons and not just for business and commerce. And hence I thought, you know, let me just tell this story. Even if it's difficult, it's tragic, but it's also at the same time very inspiring. I mean, because they do get the justice and they do fight. Uh, you know and make the best of what they have on behalf of all the victims so the world needed to know the story and hence in netflix
0: absolutely it is a very important story and yes it was a story that needed to be told and needed to be watched and we had all but forgotten the story and i'm so thankful you took it up and brought it back into our consciousness you know our immediate memory because uh the fight for Justice is something that we tend to, you know, for, uh, take for granted because it carries on for so long. So, the fact that right. this came back and reminded us that there are parents out there, there are people out there who don't give up is such a wonderful thing. So, thank you for making that. Siddhartha, so you've been on both sides of, you know, I, I mean, as a producer, somebody who's looking at content, as somebody who's taking books to screen, is constantly searching for the creative. What would you define creativity as?
1: So I will try and restrict it to uh, the business of telling stories and screen, right? So because it's so so wide. So I think for me, like fundamentally, what I look for, you know, and what I think is creative. So you know, I think it's a it's a couple of things. There's a combination that I look for, and I think that for me is being creative. Is that when you have an original voice, which means an original point of view, an original way of thinking, when you combine that with skill and craft of storytelling, you know, and then you bring in the third element of imagination. So your original voice, your craft and skill of storytelling, and then your imagination. If the three, if you can align these three things together as a person, for me, that's a great creator. That's, that's great creativity because you somehow managed to bring these three elements together. And then you bring it out in a collaborative form for an audience. That's, you need to be a very, very creative person. For me, that's great creativity and that's a great combination of a person to have these skills together.
0: It's a very interesting point to have a combination of skills. And uh, the fact remains, uh, Siddhartha, that writing a book and writing for screen are completely different disciplines. And uh, a lot of uh, authors I know are trying to make the leap from you know writing for books because we all know that books are very badly made. So, everyone's tried to make some I money and kept I writing screenplays. So, what is it for you, that you would tell them? What would uh, you say they need to keep in mind while making this leap?
1: Uh, firstly, you need to forget that you're an author and keep that baggage on the side. Okay. Okay. Yes. Drop the drop ego. the ego and drop that you know how to write a story. You don't, you know, because that's not required for screenplay writing all the time. That's not the only skill required. So, that's one. Okay. Secondly, I would say learn the craft, do a course and write a couple of scripts. First, circulate them, take feedback because screenplay is such so collaborative, your first quality as a person is to the ability to, to hear feedback from hundred people through the process. And feedback will be good, bad, right, wrong, brutal, sweet. You have to learn how to deal with all of that. and use that feedback criticism. To go back and rewrite. So we write, we rewrite a script on average about 15, 20 times. It's very normal for us to rewrite the story about 5 to s- 7 times and the screenplays about 15, 20 times. Rewriting is where the gold of, you know, you know, screenwriting comes from. And collaborative rewriting with the director, with the producer, with sometimes the actor will have inputs, sometimes the editor, the DOP. And you have to understand that, you know, it has to suit the craft of shooting. A screenplay has to be executable by different, you know, heads of departments. And after execution, when the when the film has been shot, there's another new process of writing and rewriting called editing. So it goes through all of those stages. So as a writer, you need to be aware of all of this, right? And understand this. So hence, learning theory of screenplay writing and not only writing, but also filmmaking. You need to understand filmmaking. As a creator, to at least understand, you will not be a director or a camera. but You to understand all of those things, all of those processes and stages that come into taking page to screen. So just page is not enough. So I feel a lot of, you know, like authors will feel they can write a screenplay because they think visually is the biggest myth. Thinking visually means what? We all think visually. Who thinks without vision, right? So thinking visually and writing visually is not the parameter to be a good screenplay writer. To be a good screenplay writer is to understand all of these things and collaboratively reach a point where something can get shot and then released and produced.
0: So unlearn is what you say and learn the craft.
1: Unlearn and relearn. Those are anyways I think my mantras for this decade. The ability to unlearn and relearn fast is I think is the most important quality.
0: So what has Siddharth Jain learnt and unlearned and is relearning? in this decade
1: i'm constantly learning and you know and i'm constantly learning from young people actually my writing team in house the average you know i mean uh, it's between 21 to 26 and i think we we learn amazing things from young people so i think for me that's because as i am getting older i'm getting out of i'm getting further away from the younger audiences and they're the future and they're the present so I think I'm constantly learning from younger and new people, new voices, you know, and obviously, I mean, you know, in terms of skill, we keep going and attending seminars or conferences or events or workshops to keep upgrading the process of story because I have not been to film school. So in fact, uh, let me tell you, when I left Hotstar, the reason I left Hotstar and before starting Story Inc., I went to New York and I took private tuitions from a teacher who's been teaching acting, directing and writing in New York since 30 years and I did a three-month intense private workshop with him <laughs> to understand the theory of storytelling right from the Roman theater era till date. What does it take to tell good stories what is the how is the art of storytelling and the skill of storytelling? So I feel it's important for all of us to learn a lot of theory, understand theory, understand what has worked, why what has not worked, why do a lot of reading into how the masters you know write, their screenplays, how they make films. So understand all of that and learn all of that. And not have that ego, The oh, I'm old now, I know everything. So for me, that process is extremely important. So I think being in touch with the new generation, newer voices, newer ideas, and combining that with theory and skill. You know, I think those combinations I'm constantly learning. For me, that's most important.
0: That's very interesting to be constantly learning and I think that's a great takeaway. our listeners can have to constantly learn to relearn to unlearn Um, Siddharth you spoke initially about how COVID affected uh, cinema and uh, releases and theatres and the entire film industry have you seen a definite shift in the kind of stories we want post-COVID has there been any trend like that?
1: Yeah I mean for me there's been one clear shift and that shift has been in couple of things. Uh, one is aesthetic. I think because of the COVID and the lockdown, we've watched a lot of content for a year. Then, then we used to have, watch you know, before COVID. And I think uh, because there was only that much local content, we watched a lot of foreign content, dubbed content, subtitled content also through the process. And I think the aesthetic of the audience has shifted and gotten slightly better. And we can see that because they've been rejecting bad stories and bad films much more aggressively now than they should before. (laughs) So that's a great sign. I think the format has also taken a little shift. Earlier, we were were a very film-oriented audience. Now we've become very episodic, premium episodic-oriented audience. I think we started enjoying a lot of series during COVID as as an audience group. And... series, you know, dive deeper into the world, the characters, there's more depth to stories. And I think we started enjoying longer stories better than 90-minute stories in some cases. So I think these are things that we consider while we pick something. And um, I think we have to do more to get the attention of the audience today and work harder to keep them engaged, which was much easier earlier with the star system. But with the star system getting weaker, I think the stress is rightfully so on better storytelling.
0: So how do we get this better storytelling now? I'm just going into a deep dive. What according to you do writers, I mean, both this, uh, you know, the film writers, the episodic, the season writers, all writers, how do we get better stories? From where do we find better stories? Are we not taking enough risks? Are we just sticking to the tried and tested? What do you feel?
1: So see, risk is a function of money. It's a business. It's not art, right? So the risk will always come from the audience, and is there an audience for a certain kind of a story? So we will always have to find an average story to tell for screen. If you tell it too niche, then it becomes an art house film that a few people will watch on movie, or you want to make a film that people watch on Netflix, Amazon, which is wider than movie, right? So it's a it's a decision that the investors and financiers take with their money. So because it's a business, we have to see where the money is. Then you have to see where the audience is, and then we have to see where the talent pool is. Keeping these three things in mind, you pick a story that can like, like I said, can get a story that can turn into a project by attracting the right talent, by attracting the right financing, and then distribution. So it's a it's a mix, you know, it's very difficult to find a single reason or a formula to make this happen. So the stories will always come from, you know. So I feel the writers have to understand all of these things. And if they collaborate, better stories will come out. I think this single writer uh, puts a lot of pressure on the talent. Like we have been doing a lot of collaborative work. Every film script that we write is written by at least two to three writers. Every series is, is written by about five to six writers. So the teamwork is really helping writers not only find better stories, but write them better. Rewrite them better and make them more, uh, I would say, engaging and compelling for the filmmaker to shoot them and ultimately take it to the audience.
0: Are there any stories you see happening internationally that you would like to see catching on here in India? Any kinds of storytelling, I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, internationally, we see a lot of big budget, you know, VFX films and action films. And in India, we always will have a constraint when it comes to budgets for these kind of the bigger projects. Like the Game of Thrones and you know, Top Gun. I mean, these films are really expensive, so I'm hoping that in the next few years we'll be able to get more resources to tell more better stories when it comes to period and fantasy and action and adventure uh, because that's a tough one to crack without the right money in the bank. Other than that, I think genre of films I mean, I see a lot of interesting things happening, but I think the odd we have to move with the audience, right? When you go out on the roads. And we look at people around you. That's your audience. So we have to also cater to what is compelling for them to pay a subscription or buy a ticket. What will they spend money for? So keeping that in mind, I think content will change as the audience will change.
0: And Siddharth, the content will definitely change as the audience changes. This is, uh, as you very rightly said, a business at the end of the day and there have to be returns on the investment of the people who are funding it. Having said that, because this is a show on creativity, you think of any shows that really pushed the envelope when it came to creativity and, you know, new thoughts and new uh, ideas in the recent past, which came from India. Anything that you really enjoyed watching as a viewer? I mean, not with your producer's hat, not with your hat of a person who is in the business.
1: As a viewer, I really enjoyed watching Delhi Crime first season. Okay. And I thought that was a very interesting way of telling, you know, crime, narrative. I thought that was superb. I really enjoyed watching Pathan look as well. Okay. I thought okay. that was a very different, you know, very edgy kind of a series. I enjoyed the first few seasons of Mirzapur. That was superb. In those series, I think these shows are really my favorites so far.
0: Okay. So they all, it's crime that sort of hooks you I can see.
1: Because the other genres are still... Well, people haven't made good content as yet in those genres. I love... I'm a rom-com person. I mean, my favorite film is to go and watch You've Got Mail every week. You know, I love watching Seinfeld sitcom. I watch it every day, actually. Since years, it's my daily ritual. Watch an episode of Seinfeld. So, personally, I love those genres. But I think in India, we still haven't made good content in these in these genres as yet.
0: You know, I write a favorite of humor, Siddharth. And... Uh... As a writer, I often get told that humor doesn't have an audience in India. Would you agree?
1: No, not at all. In fact, my biggest uh, belief that I always get from studios and production houses is, can you get us something in comedy? So now, humor is of different types and kinds, right? So you know, I think if we are able to, so comedy is always in demand. Now the challenge is that comedy when it goes to screen can become slapstick, can become silly. So Finding that, you know, that right mix of comedy that will go through on screen is always difficult. So, I mean, I would urge everybody: comedy, comedy, comedy is always in demand and least in supply, at least for us in the industry.
0: So, right now, comedy folks, uh, Siddharth, are looking for it, producers are looking for it. Siddharth, final questions. I just want to know from you, Siddharth, what's coming from your stable now? What's next from Siddharth Jain?
1: So, we have a. Uh, you know, two series right now with two leading platforms. I can't name them because you know we are still bound to confidential, but I'll tell you that one of them is based on a self-published Hindi novel on Kindle. And nobody knew about that book. You know, probably hundred people have read that book, that's it. We discovered that book two years ago and now that's becoming a major series of a big platform and going global. So I want to just, you know, say this that you know, self-published Hindi novel on Kindle. Is making to a big, big, It's turning into a big series. We are going to start casting for it, you know, next month. And that, for me, that's a great win for, I think, authors and writers in general.
0: And also for everyone who's on the self published route, I should think, no? Because.
1: Yeah, I think self published is such an amazing route. And so, let me further. There's another film that we are making with a big platform. That film is also based on a self published book on Kindle.
0: huh. Okay. So, two self published books have made it to the OTT and as a film. That's wonderful, Siddharth. Any wise words at the end when you'd like to give to anyone listening in who wants to get into the business of writing either for screen or or taking their book to screen?
1: Yes. First of all, I would tell authors that don't try to write for a screenplay. We don't look for a screenplay in a book. The reason we want a book is we want you to write a book like a book. So do not, do not try to think that a writing visually it will make a great scene, great film, great dialogue. No, write the book the way you write a book. If that's your strength, stick to your strengths, write a book. We will figure what to do with how to take it to screenplay. Don't worry about that. A. B. Don't follow trends. Don't look at genres. Oh, this show has worked now. Let me write something like this. No, that show was written four years ago. It's come to screen after four years. So don't follow trends. Write right what you are good at. Write what is your your original voice. What's your life experience? What worlds and insights that you have. So you need to you as a person write those stories. When you write those stories and you write it in the way you can write it best as a book, as an author, that will always find its own place. We don't want you know something that's influenced by a trend. No, we want people to write what they love writing, what they think is enjoyable for them. Third. Final piece of advice, don't wait for publishers to publish a book after one year, and two years, three years. Self-publish your books.
0: Ah, that's three wonderful bits of advice that Siddharth Jain has given us. I hope you've been taking notes. And thank you, Siddharth, so much for taking time out for this. And it was wonderful listening to you and more projects of yours. Go to screen, go to the OTT platforms. All the very best for all that you're doing, Siddharth. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much, Kiran, and thank you for having me on the show.
0: And with that, it's a wrap on this episode of Chasing Creativity with Kiran Mandral. We had a lovely conversation with Siddharth Chen. Do listen to us on Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.